Hey everyone, this is Andrew Johnson. And this is Jake Reiner. And you're listening to No Contest, a Noal Studio podcast. A series of conversations with placemakers on the stuff that makes us human and the stuff that humans make. Alright, I think we're I think we're live. Cool. Well, hey everyone. Um, thank you for joining us. Um, I'm Jake Reiner. I'm Andrew Johnson. And we are the co-founders of, of Noel Studio, and this is No Contest, uh, conversations with placemakers on the stuff that makes us human and the stuff that humans make. Uh, this is an intro to our podcast, so really, we're here today to talk a little bit about why we're doing this, who we are, how we came to be, and, and what we care about. Yeah, well said. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, this these, these podcasts are... Uh, really going to be a collection of, of people who we admire um, in, in our world and um, how they think about space, how they think about placemaking, how they think about elements of design and brand and, and all the stuff that, that fits into what we're doing, uh, as well as our opinions. Um, and, and just cool people, people doing really cool things. People doing really cool things, exactly. Um, I think the idea is if you listen to No Contest, then maybe you, you leave the conversation with a different way of thinking about your own space or how you develop or how you design or um, adding a, a new element to your business that's going to make it really interesting to, to consumers, really culturally relevant. So Jake, why don't, uh, why don't we get into who we are, what our roles are, maybe kick things off and I can jump in. Yeah, why don't you start? Cool. Well, I was uh, born and raised in Naples, Florida which I'm sure uh, not a lot of people can say. Uh, spent my childhood there, uh, which was an amazing place to grow up. Although I, I personally have no interest in going back yet. I'm sure my wife would probably love to, or at least move to a, a year-long warm climate. Uh, after high school, went to a small liberal arts college in Lewiston, Maine, uh, where I studied art history uh, with a focus in Southeast Asian art. Played collegiate D3 football as a place kicker. It's a, just a little nugget of fun fact right there. And then uh, after graduation, drove out to Chicago. Uh, I'd never been here. I certainly didn't know much about the city. Didn't know what I'd be doing. I didn't have a job lined up. Um, I, di- I didn't want to be a statistic and, and go to Boston or New York. Um, so yeah, it made Chicago my home. Uh, spent the first year living uh, in Uptown. Uh, freelancing and doing various one-off design gigs throughout the city. Then I met an amazing person uh, by the name of Jay Michael, uh, who is the original co-founder of Cedar Street and Flats. Um, He, along with others, uh, had approached me to do the branding for both of those companies, which obviously was a tremendous opportunity and something that, till this day, I'm forever grateful for. And at the time, you know, did not want to pass up that opportunity. and that was really my, my first step in, into real estate as a creative. I would then go on to be the design director at Cedar Street and Flats for several years. Uh, I was editor-in-chief of North Magazine, uh, which was a small publication that uh, featured businesses and people throughout the north side of Chicago. Um, I was approached by Stephen Dime uh, of Flowers for Dreams, uh, who at the time was running uh, his small flower business out of his Skokie childhood home. Uh, I had the privilege to to do all their branding, and I believe now they're in three or, or four major uh, Midwest cities. And uh, then worked with uh, Michael Salvatore on several heritage projects, 
Um, and then uh, went on to brand Larry's at the Lawrence House, which, uh, which you know, really was his first spinoff from a, a heritage brand. Um, and then eventually co-founded Lively along with you and a few others. So yeah, Jake, uh, who the heck are you? <laughs> yeah, um, different, right? I think that's kind of what makes us us work together really well. Um, I grew up in Jersey, uh, North Central. New Jersey, suburbia, um, went to, to college in Nashville, Tennessee. So I lived there for a couple of years. Um, I think it was sort of on the precipice of, of becoming what it is today. Moved back to New York. Um, like every good New Jersey kid does at some point, <laughs> um, lived in a, f- a fifth floor walk up in, in Soho with rats and, and cockroaches and beautiful. Yeah, it was, it was definitely the experience, you know, I didn't want the the cushy experience. I wanted the real deal. And I, I think I, I captured it. Um, started my career actually, uh, first in investment banking. It's something I don't even really talk about today. It's one of those, those things that you dive into and you don't know what you, you want to do in life. Um, and then, and then very quickly transition to market research and brand consulting, um, which is something obviously that we've revisited after quite a few years, um, working at a company called Kantar, um, with our, our current research lead, uh, a guy named Khalil Vicioso, who I'm sure everyone will hear from at some point, and um, working with some of the biggest consumer companies in the world and helping them think about how they how they take insights and, and turn those into product choices and, and brand. Um, from there, I moved to Austin, Texas. Uh, was kind of doing that Indiana Jones um, you know, <laughs> trip across the world, finding the best cities. Um, I think I was I was mostly gravitating towards breakfast tacos and, and barbecue and a chill lifestyle after in New York, um, but went to business school there and you know had an opportunity to work with a variety of different types of companies. Spent a lot of time thinking about venture capital and startups, and um, definitely you know that sort of translated into stuff I did after. Uh, moved up to Chicago, so my wife's from from Highland Park, Illinois, and. If you know people from the the outskirts of Chicago, and and then you definitely know that if your partner's from there, you're going to end up there. It's like uh, it's a gravitational force that is completely inescapable. Um, worked at a few different companies, um, PayPal uh, specifically when when PayPal acquired Braintree and, and Venmo uh, on their marketing team. Worked at Microsoft, uh, which was an interesting time, and and definitely got my 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 uh, early inspiration for thinking about how we can use space differently, um, working with, with large companies, thinking about how technology transforms their workplace and how they can evolve. Um, I was on the, the Microsoft Teams group, so uh, that, that came to fruition in the pandemic. It wasn't, wasn't such a big thing back then. And then a uh, short stint at WeWork, which I think could be a, a, a podcast in itself. A few people have written books about that company, but um, great experience, interesting, eye-opening and then we met at Lively, um, which was uh, definitely tr- transformational for us. And uh, there's a lot there, too. So I didn't start in real estate, different from you, um, but I got there. And I think that we both kind of look at our, our nonlinear path and, and we take um, bits and pieces from it in, in what we do today. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, to think that you didn't come from a traditional real estate background, but here we are, right? And, you know. We met at Lively, and maybe that's a good place to start. Like, how how did we how did we meet? I I, I distinctly remember 
uh, our good friend Dana was like, Hey, you gotta, you gotta meet this Jake guy. And at the time it was a few of us starting up this company and we knew that we were missing someone with a marketing arm and, and a brain. Uh, so I remember meeting you in a conference room and leaving that room and turning to our other co-founders and being like, we, we got, we got to find a way to bring this dude on or in or whatever role he's, he's doing. He's got to be a part of it. Yeah, that's funny. I have, I have that same memory, but it's a little different, right? I, I walked into the conference room and I saw you, uh, in your Sperry's, uh, for the audience, Andrew, Andrew really has like three, three pair of shoes and, and they I'm, all look I'm like, wearing them right now. Yeah, they all look like they came out of a, a liberal arts school in in Maine, <laughs> and and you were just you know a ball of intensity and, and idealism, which uh, is is probably how I would characterize every single friend I've ever gravitated towards, um, trying to take over the world, uh, you know, fist fist slamming on the table. We're going to change the way that people experience space, and um, you know, I had come into that meeting with with a similar idea. I think what, what originally happened was I met with Alex uh, Samilovich, one of the real estate developers in, in town who is a, a founder of Lively. And I said to Alex, I want to do X, Y, and Z. This is my idea. And he said, yeah, mine too. Um, and then we all met and we went for it. It's crazy. Yeah, I know uh, it might be interesting for, for the listeners just to kind of talk through, you know, what our roles were at Lively, you know, what was lively, you know, for, for many people, it's something they might've heard or have never heard about. For me, lively started out actually as, as a, you know, storage company, an on-demand storage company and quickly grew into this prop tech, you know, Megatron of, of a bunch of Swiss army knife features that evolved into a property management tool, a resident app. Um, it's, and it's just keeps evolving. I mean, what was your take when you first start? What was it when you first started? I don't even know if it was yeah. lively. So, yeah, it really wasn't. Um, I, I signed on for something a little different. Uh, I actually started um, started an amenities business. So for me, it was it was a moment at WeWork when all of the partners who we had tried to recruit to headquarter their space out of a WeWork kept saying, do you have access to a gym? Do you have access to a pool? Do you have access to all of these things that I knew were available in surrounding multifamily communities. And I also knew were not utilized, um, which is something that we, we tackle in our work. And I had the idea, well, what, what if I could offer them a subscription to other people's spaces and then provide some revenue to real estate developers who would achieve a, you know, a pretty significant multiple on that additional, additional line item. And so when I came to, to lively, um, I was really, I was really thinking about building that business with, uh, with flats, which had a ton of amazing spaces, uh, really beautifully designed spaces. And, you know, I, at one point sat in a, in a gym with a catchers, um, sorry, not a catchers, an, an ump, uh, clicker <laughs> where you count the, the balls and strikes. That's and I was great. counting how many people come into the gym and, you know, even in the most beautiful space, so well designed, it was, it was very few people. It was less than a percent of the total occupied units were using the gym uh, in any given day. And so I started, I started there and I kind of looked to my left and there was another group who was building um, this amazing resident experience in parallel. And at some point we were like, well, these, these things should coexist. Funny thing that 
not a lot of people know is we, we were working out of an apartment. We were literally working out of a studio apartment in, in downtown Chicago, uh, building software and you running the amenity business. And it blossomed into obviously a much bigger company now. And we've since left, but we've, we've learned, I, I think you and I each learned independently very different things that, that we, you know, collectively brought in, uh, into our no walls world. But, uh, just hearing and speaking to property managers and working with a very diverse set of personalities and, and skill sets within Lively, um, you and I were able to kind of look each other in the eye during our, our time there and be like, we could do something much better. and Or something different, right? I think, yeah. uh, I think what they're doing is... Yeah, not necessarily better, cool. but yeah, definitely different. Um, I think what we did was what we had all these conversations with developers and you, know, you and I... I think we're really scrappy in, in, in running research where we would sit down with folks and, and ask them about how they think about the world and the media that they consume and the conferences that they go to. And originally it was, it was about customer acquisition. It was about how do we get developers to use this technology, but, um, and then you with, with users, right? Cause you were, you were yeah. really, um, designing the, the UI and the UX in addition to the brand yeah. and the things that we kind of determined are the things that became the basis for, for Noel studio. Right. Yeah. It's, it is nuts. And, and for, for those listening, uh, you know, Jake was CMO lively and I was head of product design and, you know, it sounds like such, you know, radical, such a radical shift from what we're doing now, but so much of what we see in product can be translated into the built world into Jake's point. You know, we, we were talking to property managers, we were, you know, speaking with users to understand what they what they need in their life and what they don't need, and much of that is obviously built into the the process of building product. But you know, so much in in what we're doing here at No Walls and uh, in the world of development um, translates, right? You know, Jake and I we speak to consumers and property managers and developers every day, and and learn how to uh, build better spaces based off of consumers' needs, wants so on and so forth. Yeah. You know, it's funny because like until this conversation, I haven't really thought about it, but it, if you think back to what we were doing in one room, we had a developer and in the other room we were running user research. And what we realized is that those two worlds, like they didn't really interact. Um, developers had a perception of their consumers and what they cared about. And consumers had a fundamentally different perspective on, on what made the difference for them. Um, the thing that we were pointing to is that half of them leave after a year, which, as I say, means that in some ways, multifamily is the, an, an office or some of the worst subscription businesses in the world. Uh, do they make a ton of money? Yes, they do. And, and are we thinking about ways to optimize that value? We are. Um, yeah. But we, we kind of figured it out by just having running those, those two research um, audience groups like in parallel in one room next to the other and you hear one thing on one end and you run into the next room and you'd have you you'd, you'd recycle that to a consumer and and they'd be like i don't care about that like right. that doesn't matter to me can i open my door can i use my fridge like is there noise isolation so that i'm not hearing someone next to me when i'm on a zoom call like those are the things that they really care about right yeah it really is crazy how how the the two worlds have have overlapped and um, I think it's definitely, again, one of those lessons that we've, we've learned and we've brought to the table for, for no walls. 
It would be interesting, at least, you know, I find it interesting how we started No Walls, right? How did we decide, like, this was the point in time where you and I were ready to kind of make that career leap and start something that you and I kind of eat, sleep, and breathe and, and dream about and think about every waking second? Yeah, I mean, well, we, we both, you know, we both deeply share different passion for brand. That's something that yep. we realized right away. Um, our, our skills are different, which is important, right? I'm a, um, I'm a communications person. I, I like to write. Um, I think about brand strategy. I think about positioning. Um, and you have the unique ability to, to take that and turn it into beautiful creative. Um, and, and when we first met, we realized like these are two skill sets that um, to some degree are like oil and water, but they're necessary to work together to, to create something amazing. Um, so that I think was the beginning of our, of our conversation was like brand. How do we do, how do we do brand for space better? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's well said. And I, I tend to humble myself. I, I like to think you're, you're always better with words and you feed my creativity, but thank you. uh sure i'll take it um but that's but that's not where it ended right i mean it was you know one thing that we learned um at least in in technology development is to to really get at um product market fit you kind of have to to bang your head against the wall and um i think collectively we understood at the highest level the thing that was missing was there's a huge gap between developer and consumer That's obvious, right? Um, There's a generational gap. There's a cultural gap. There's a perspective gap. There's, there's just, there's miles in between most, most folks who are building the product and the people who are, who are consuming it. And what we originally thought was that, well, we could design these badass brands and we would connect purely to culture and we would move the needle forward. What we quickly found was a little different, right? Yeah. I mean, well said, I, I, and we're we're obviously still trying to figure that out, but that's that's something that I think drove us to do this. And even till this day, I, I haven't seen. I mean, we've seen a lot of brands do it very well, but for the world of real estate and multifamily, it's something that hasn't really been tapped. And and for the ones that are doing it, they're they're doing it. Um, but we really want to take what we learned in our in our past from product design and product development and fold that into uh, the built world. And there's, there's a couple dimensions there, right? Like, I think the thing that we started with is we're going to build, we're going to build awesome brands. And then what we realized is that um, at least the way that, that most projects work, developer kind of sits in the middle and there's a, a ton of different vendors who, um, who, who don't necessarily collaborate, but work in, um, in different paths to create a, a built product, right? There's an interior group, there's an architectural group, there's, a brand group, there's an, in, there's a MEP group and, and probably a few more that I'm not listing. Um, and that's a problem. And for us, we, we realized that the best way that we could affect space and the best way that we could make spaces relevant to consumers is to first understand them, learn from them. Um, and so we, we built out a pretty, pretty ridiculously awesome, um, research practice that a lot of people have taken advantage of. That's, to, I'd say a, re- a really ridiculous research practice. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 somewhat it's insane. You know, it's insane. Yeah, it's a, it's pretty cool. Um, 
so so we can understand people. But then, you know, obviously build the brand in, in tandem. But then the third piece of what we do is, is spatial experience. And that's that was the piece that we learned really, really early on was was vital because um, we needed to make sure that the insights that we were gathering and the brand that we were developing was all translating into spatial choices, whether that's interior architecture or interior design. And yeah. so when we built that out, we were like, okay, this is this is the the product market fit that is going to make the bit, the biggest impact. And you and I are such design snobs, whether it's the way, the way that, that you dress or, you know, the smells or what, whatever it may be, you and I fundamentally believe that every touch point in brand is so important. And uh, for us, you know, we looked at, you know, kind of the landscape here and especially looking at the Ace Hotels of the world, the Lion Hotel, um, freehand whatnot they did brands so well right all the way from the top to the identity down to the their actual purpose and their their value even down to the interior programming so we we took a lot of that inspiration and uh really wanted to understand from the consumer's point of view apart from good design and apart from well-designed spaces what do these people actually want and need in a space and you and i talk so much and you know, for, for our listeners that they, they probably know we, we, we beat it, beat it over the head that, you know, amenities are more than just, you know, golf simulators and flashy gyms and, you know, these elaborate pools and play pens. You know, we look at programming as, as meeting the consumer's needs and wants. And I think that's, you know, when I, when I think of no walls, apart from the design and apart from brand, that's really what's driving a lot of, at least our passion and, our focus is to get into the mind of the consumers and build products that people actually want and will use and will stay there for a lifetime and be advocates versus your long renter and then they're gone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and it's, I think, you know, if we think about what, um, what has given us the, the opportunity to, to do that work in an effective way, it's typically working with groups that bring us on early. Um, when we're in kind of that pie in the sky, Hey, we've got, we've got some capital. Um, we, we have, you know, land secured, uh, but we're not in DD. Um, we're not in construction. We're, we're a little bit earlier because then we, we actually get to take that true product development path, um, and kind of affect things by doing research, taking that research, coming up with spatial concepts, brand concepts, going back to people seeing what they think about it, doing some concept testing, developing a brand that has meaning, um, that's culturally unique, thinking about all the different ways that we express that brand, and then applying that to space so that at least when the project is handed off to the AOR, um, the vision is cohesive. What we think about doing in, in an upstream world is what we deliver downstream. You know, we always talk about, you know, what does the future hold, right? What, what do we want looking into the future? And ideally, you know, one large part of what we're trying to do is educate this market on where folks like us fit in and get slotted. And it's, it's going to take time. And I would hope, you know, looking back at this episode in a year or two years from now that we've helped, at least on some scale, uh, paint that path or paint that picture of, of when companies like us should get involved to add the most value. And to your point, what we're seeing now is much of the engagement happens either too late into the process or, or obviously not early enough. 
And it's, and it's folks like us that, you know, we believe that if we're there from, from the get-go, from acquisition all the way to, to construction to leasing, can, can really help add not only a lot of value, but, you know, potentially brand equity into their uh, consumers' minds. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, maybe let's talk a little bit about how we, how we came up with Noel Studio and yeah. like the, the actual name and the brand. Because I, I know that people come to our site and, they, and, and that's the first thing that they see, right? So um, you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, well, we could definitely start off by saying that naming is, although we've come up with some good names in our past, naming is never fun. Uh, but I, I could confidently say that, that No Walls uh, has been a good name and people get it and people love it. Uh, I forget what, the, what our actual... Uh, process was for that but i know you and i sat in front of a computer for a good few days banging our heads against a wall to think of no pun intended you know what this name will be and ultimately you know we landed on no walls and it's exactly what it sounds like you know what you and i believe is that buildings should be more than just four walls it should extend outside the four walls into the community and really breathe life into to to local um seeing outside the four walls was something that you and I truly felt was important for, for what we were doing. Yeah. And, and, a, and, a, and a story for that, when we, when we first started and we wanted to, to get a web presence up and digital and, and everything else, you know, social media and everything else, we, we, we took some, some headshots with Melissa Salvatore, who's a, um, that field a partner creatives. of ours. Yeah. Yeah. From field creatives, a, a photography partner of ours and like wildly talented human being. And, her partner in that business. She made us, she made us look way more handsome than we are. Way more handsome. I mean, it's it's tough to, to make us look that good, but she did. And uh, we had a good laugh because, you know, we pretended to walk through walls the entire time. And <laughs> yeah. they're, joking, they're joking about how their studio had walls and asking us if we were comfortable with that and if we wanted to find a place that was a little bit more open. That's great. Yeah, I, I totally forgot about that. Uh, but it's, but it's, a good, it's a good name. I love it. Um, I, I, I don't regret choosing no walls as our, as our company name. And yeah. And, and Andrew, I guess another thing that's interesting is like, how, how are we able to do this during a pandemic? <laughs> right. Um, I, I have a young, uh, daughter, 15 month, 16 month year old daughter. And, um, you know, the joke is like, you have a, a newborn, um, you start a new business during global pandemic. Are you, are you nuts or, or what? Yeah. I, well, we, we were definitely nuts. Uh, but that being nuts is good in, in this business. But I, one thing I would add is that you and I almost went seven months without even seeing each other apart from being on a video screen, but we hadn't, you know, high five or fist bumped in almost, you know, seven or eight months, which is nuts when you think about running a business, nonetheless, starting a business, but, but we, we managed it and, and we're managing it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's actually, you know, it's become... A pretty big advantage. Uh, a lot of a lot of um, developers and, and real estate firms and placemakers are are accustomed to working with folks like within their within a, a few square blocks of where they they work, and um, it it becomes a bit insular. Like when we go to a market to do pre research before we build a brand, we look around and and there's a lot of reasons for this, but everything's pretty much the same because uh, it's likely that the same people have been working on it. For us, having this remote team, you know, we got people in, in LA, we have people in New York City, um, people all over the place. It, 
it kind of gives us an advantage. Yeah, I mean, you you talk. I mean, you, you coined this, so I don't want to. I don't want to take the words out of your mouth, but that Ocean's Eleven approach, right? Like putting together a team that has skills beyond skills beyond skills, and growing that team into uh, masters of our domain and of their domain, really. Yeah, I think actually that's interesting, and I don't know if I coined it. I probably stole it. I think I tend to steal the best stuff, but. <laughs> why don't you talk? A little, why don't you talk a little bit about how we're structured and and how we do things? Yeah. So, so currently the way the the way that we're doing things is we we um, we obviously source what we think is the is the best talent. So we work with research partners, brand uh, brand designers, writers, copywriters, developers, um, and for each project we more or less source them and 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 find a position uh, where they fit and. Um, we, we've had great success doing it and we've you know, not only made great partners along the way, but very good friends. Uh, is that our, you know, our long-term approach? I, I don't know, right? We, I think you and I have aspirations to grow this company and build out a, a full-time, you know, team of staff and, uh, in many different departments and, and expertise. But for, for right now, yeah, that, that Ocean's Eleven approach is really working for us because it allows us, especially in this virtual world, to assemble a team, not only quickly, uh, but to find the right pieces, uh, whether they're in LA, New York, you know, Chicago, you name it. Yeah. We, we've, we've been very fortunate. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I see that a lot of businesses are moving in this direction, um, where you've got some, some core, some core folks, you've got a really, 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 really good process that's been tested through a variety of different unique scenarios. And then you're able to kind of build a mosaic of insane talent. Um, for us, it was the pandemic, which a lot of, a lot of people were looking at their lives and saying, do I want to work at this big company anymore? All of these technology tools are available to me to, to go off on my own. And as I saw those people going off on their own, and as you did, we picked them off and said, Hey, this is what we're doing. Um, so many people are so um, so connected and gravitate so much to affecting space because it's such an intimate and valuable consumer product that they jumped on board and, and no one's really doing what we're doing. So, um, they jumped on board and what that does for our clients is that, you know, they're getting, they're getting supreme talent, people who've worked on major, major brand projects. And I think that the product is something that we haven't really seen in the built world quite yet. That's a great point, right? The, the, I would say the the resume of of the team we've assembled is, you know, quite impressive. Just from where and who they've worked with, and at what life stage they they are in their career, and even more importantly, taking that background, which you know most of them didn't come from a multifamily or, or hospitality background, but are experts in their field, and, and just to assemble that team and uh, you know to your point, put a process in place where we can all collectively think and contribute in the same way has really allowed us to succeed. And obviously our clients, you know, they're, they're happy with what we're doing, or at least, at least they tell us they're happy with what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I think on that, I want to go a little deeper. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Talk oh, no. to me. I mean, we love all of our, our children equally, but, um, talk to me about a, pro- a project that we've worked on that, that stands out to you and, and why, why you loved it. Wow. I mean, that's, that's a loaded question. I mean, we've done so many different projects, you know, just from our time here together, I know walls and even from our time 
um, you know, outside of this company, I, I would say together, I'd say Chapel is probably the one that that stands out to me. It was the first time where we were able to uh, not only bring in research, but bring in uh, creative and copywriting, um, as well as programming, architectural programming. All at, all at once, right? All at once. It was, it was something that hadn't been done, or at least, you know, speaking with clients, they'd never seen that approach coupled together ever. And for us to uh, roll that process out um, to Matt McFeely at Chapel, which uh, we'll probably be speaking to him um, with either the next episode or episode two. But it was a way for us to really explore our skills and our process and to have that team of, of, of talent rallied behind this, this place in Greenville, South Carolina, right? You know, neither of us had ever been there. It was a small town outside of Greenville, Poe Mill, that was, you know, very cultural destination, multicultural destination. Uh, we, we, I feel like we did all right. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, for, for the, for the audience here, it, it's a co-working kitchen, co-working event, community space, all of these concepts rolled into one beautiful, beautiful, um, building. And the idea behind it is to create inclusive growth. Like number one, generate revenue. This is a model for real estate development for other markets for, for Greenville. Um, number two is to bring everyone along for the ride and to make sure that the people in, in that neighborhood in Pomill, which is like on the inner ring, but not the center of, of Greenville, uh, that they, that they, they benefit from the space. Um, they benefit in the form of job training and a lot of other stuff. And one, and one thing I would add to that, and this goes for really all the clients that you and I have been so fortunate enough to work with is that they all have a very radical mindset and radical might not be the right word. You know, you might have a better word, but they've all thought different and they're willing to take that risk to think different about how to brand their space, market their space, program their space, design their space. Um, it allowed us and them to, to think and explore about creative ways to do what a lot of people don't traditionally do, or if they, if they do it, they think they're doing it the best way. And we're not saying that we're doing it perfectly, but we're at least trying to bring a different mindset and a different approach and thought process into how these spaces come to life. Um, what, what about you? What's, what's been your favorite project? I might've stolen chapel out, out, out from under your feet. No, I mean, I love chapel so much. I think we talk about it a lot because it's, it's, it's just so cool, but um, you know, I think, I think there's something in, in the project that we ran in St. Louis, yep. um, that, that to me was, was particularly interesting. And for the, for the listeners, we, uh, we were engaged by a group called Lawrence group and, um, they're building micro units, uh, against the backdrop of a, a broader, really amazing master development called city foundry, which includes a, uh, amazing green space similar to the Highline or the 606 and and in st louis space is is not uh is not expensive right you, you can live you can live like a, a king or a queen for for very little and so introducing a um a micro development on the Highline or their version of the Highline called the brick line um required understanding how people think about space and what they value and how to compose uh a product and a value proposition that would get people excited about less square footage than, than they'd probably traditionally rent. 
Um, and so we structured this amazing research project. And you know, with all of our research projects, we tend to start at a broad hypothesis and then narrow into um, something closer to a concept test or validation. And, and we learned a ton. And, and for me, what was so interesting is that starting the project as a facilitator, not knowing much about St. Louis, actually never having been to St. Louis, or at least have, I think maybe I drove through once. Um, it's a good city. Yeah, it's a great city. It's a great place. And, and we think there's, there's tremendous potential there. But then leaving the project, knowing intimately all the different neighborhoods and um, having a sense of the audience who would... Um, who would who would be the the appropriate target audience for this development? It was it was it was a proof. It was like yeah, this works. This is this is something that most groups should do. Like instead of or in addition to the standard quantitative um, feasibility study that they run, where they look at rent and they look at unit types and they look at competitive amenity lists, um, looking instead at the people and like what do the people care about and and. You can get at a lot of the um, kind of foundational choices that you have to make as a developer through through a, a different research strategy, but what you get on top of all of that is is kind of the magic. Um, it's to, it's thinking about how to compose a space that is going to be different from everyone else, and you know, especially with the opportunity zone developers who we work with, it's a space that will generate value for a decade. Jake, what I what I find really interesting, and it's a statistic that. Um, I believe you read you read somewhere, but you know, forty seven percent or fifty percent of residents turn over year over year. And our goal, right, or one of our goals here at, at No Walls is to um, you know, at least help build loyalty and reduce that that turnover. And much of our process, and maybe it's one thing we should talk about, or one thing that I've always just been so fascinated with. And and it's not necessarily the wrong way to do it, but you know, you and I are trying to, you know, breathe some some fresh air into a, a different approach. Is, you know, the common pattern that developers at least take today is, they when they acquire a building or acquire a piece of land, they go and they they essentially look at their competitors, they see what they're doing, and they they just emulate it. And not saying they're not doing you know consumer or you know social demographic research, but it's it's not all kind of laddering up to what the consumer ultimately needs and wants. And much of our approach, and I know we kind of touched on this earlier, is getting into the minds of those consumers and changing how developers approach uh, new developments and um, build better spaces that matter and have meaning. Um, do you want to touch on that? I, I know so much of that kind of ladders up into, into our research method, but it's to get that full picture of what we're doing here at No Walls, where it's research, brand, and interior programming is, I haven't seen it, and I've been in the, the industry for 12 years. It's something that gets me really excited and something that I think is very unique about what we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is, this is, this is stuff, these are strategies that uh, are pretty common for innovative consumer product companies. Um, the idea of human-centered design is something that's been around for, for quite a while, but uh, it is not core to real estate development. What we find is um, a lot of groups engage architects who, who hand them 80% of the same project that they delivered in a different market or um, in a different part of town with 20% of variability. And, and that statistic, that 47% statistic, it's 43 for office, by the way, 
basically says that people don't like that. They don't love it. Um, they're, they're leaving space and, and, you know, we can, we can pull a calculator and, and very quickly, um, enumerate how much value one can capture by just marginally reducing turnover. And it's tremendous. It's, it's certainly way more than engaging a group like ours. Uh, and over the lifetime of the development, it's, it's seriously meaningful. Um, but they're not, but people aren't starting, starting their process, um, with consumers. They're, they're starting with what's been done with the blueprint, like you mentioned. And so what we did was when we were developing our offer, we looked at human centered design practices and we looked at some of the work that, you know, at least, um, Khalil, our research lead and I had done prior, um, and we thought about like, how do we structure an offer where we can very quickly and efficiently local look, get, get in the minds of local, local people, not, you know, national sample, because the other thing that we learned is that people in, in Huntsville, Alabama are so different from people in St. Louis and, um, and, and start to like understand what they care about, start to build out, um, target audiences or segments, which is not a practice that's typically, um, that's typically run in, in real estate, right? It's typical to just have class A, class B, class C, and then cast the widest net possible by filling your buildings with as much stuff as you possibly can. Um, so targeting single, um, folks who, who just graduated college in the same building where you're targeting cohabitating married partners who have a young kid. Um, those people all have fundamentally different needs, but real estate tends to kind of set, set the net as wide as possible. So we wanted to avoid that. We wanted to be able to narrow in on, on what are some common segments and some attitudes or behaviors or other characteristics that, um, make someone gravitate towards your project, get a sense of social, emotional, and functional needs. Like what are people valuing in space? What don't they have today? And how can you better think about how you, how you program and design, um, to save money, right? Um, if you build things for people who don't need them then, or want them, then you're just spending money. Uh, so we, the process is also narrowing in on what's valuable. And then, yeah, yeah. sorry to cut you off, which is, which is funny because that, that is product design in so many ways. You don't build products or features for people that either a don't need them or want them or C won't use them. And it, it, it just, it's a perfect comparison and some of the most successful companies. And obviously, you know, Uber comes to mind their, their, their research methods that they put into building their product are so rigorous. They go after, you know, what do the drivers want? What do the consumers want? It's such a, it's ingrained into their, into their day to day. And for us to uh, include that into our process, this is so special. Sorry, and what were you saying, Jake? I cut you off. Yeah, no, it's, it's, you're right. Um, I guess I was getting at what, what happens after, right? We run these, this research and often what we're doing is we're, we're thinking immediately about how to interpret it into, into brand, right? So yep. when we think about brand, it's not a logo. Brand is meaning. Brand is, is how is this space different from other spaces and how are we going to differentiate um, in a way that connects to our consumers' lifestyles, in a way that makes them feel like this, this space knows me and I don't want to go somewhere else. I don't want to go next door to, you know, 165 LaSalle. And, and, we, and we hear that so often too, right? When we speak to individuals through our research sessions is that many times where they're living never, ever feels like home and it never has. And there, there's nothing in that space that they can look at and be like, that's me or I can relate to that or I need that. 
Right. And those are the things that keep people there. And then, you know, finally it's, it's, so we've taken that research and we translate it into brand and then, um, it's, it's thinking about the expression of that brand and the expression of that brand is not just the types of like visual gestures that we're accustomed to. It's not just wayfinding and collateral. It's also how do you design a space that represents that meaning? So if it's a place like chapel and you're focused on inclusive growth and reducing the barriers to wealth for consumers, it's thinking about, uh, creating spaces for kids so that new parents can work, um, and have, a sight line to their kids, either playing indoors or outdoors in safe spaces. Um, all of that ladders up to the brand and to the, the business KPIs that, that Matt's working towards. Yeah, it really, it really is fascinating. The, the whole process, I, even as a, as a co-founder of this company, I, I'm like a kid every day, just learning new things and finding different ways to, to approach our process and even seeing, you know, our clients reactions to, uh, the results and even just these case studies that we put together, it's, it really is kind of nodding the fact that this is new. And for those that have done it, um, kudos to them, right? There's obviously some people out there in the world that are doing something similar, but, uh, in the world of real estate, it's, it's, it's something that we have not come across. And, um, I'm really excited to, to be a part of this journey. I, I think we're, we're at the, we're at the very beginning of, of something really special here. Yeah, me too. Uh, it's fun. And, and I think we come into these types of engagements with humility. Um, uh, you know, for the audience, every time we finish a project, we, we have a discussion as the team, how do we make this 35% better for the yep. next client? Um, and it's, so it's, it's, it's a, it's a listening and learning process. Um, I guess, Andrew, last thing before we, we cap off this session and, and we give people an opportunity to listen to all of our amazing guests we have down the line. Um, who's our ideal client? Like what makes for a good partnership with, with us? Oof, that's, that's a good question. I, I think I have a very different uh, mindset on, on that versus you, but that's, that's good. That's what makes us us. Um, I think of someone who's willing to think a little more progressive, uh, take a very different you know, step when it comes to thinking about who they are, not only as a company, but what type of uh, experience they want to deliver all the way from brand uh, down to the interior programming. Um, one thing that I, I get very giddy about and always have, obviously, I, I, I got into design for, for multiple reasons, but one is I, I'm obsessed with just the way that things look, touch, feel, smell, um, and to be able to shape those experiences uh, and deliver those to, to residents is something that I, I get very excited about. So the short answer is, you know, I, I still don't really know who our perfect client is, but I would say a perfect client would be someone who comes to us and realizes that what we're doing is very special and very different and is willing to uh, take that journey with us. Um, it's not a risk, right? Because we know that this is a process that's been done in many different industries. Obviously, we've talked about product design, but what we're doing is is not crazy new to this well, I world. I don't think it's ever a risk. Like, and the thing that we talk about a lot is it's not a risk to speak to consumers. Correct. It's never, it's never a risk. You'll always extract value when you speak to people. Correct. What about you? I mean, my answer is obviously very different, but I, we do think alike in, in some ways. I, I, listen, I think, I think it's in our, it's in our mission, right? Like we want to make sameness extinct in real estate. And we work with groups that are willing to deviate from the norm. What we're doing is, is definitely 
uh, different. And if you're open to that and you're willing to take it the full nine yards, then, then that's a perfect partnership. Does that mean that we don't work with groups that are um, kind of dipping their toe into the water and, and learning about something new? No, I, I'd say like at least half of our clients have, have been that way. And the reality is those are our clients the second time around as well, because they've seen that this is, this is something that's truly valuable and it's had an, an impact on their decision-making. So um, different, different is good. Innovative is perfect. And, uh, and we, we want to work with you. Agreed. Well, awesome. Well, I think, uh, I think we, we can, we can wrap this up and, you know, our next guest I believe is going to be Matt McFeely from Chapel. So that will be very exciting. We've got some great people lined up. Anything yeah, else? Ho- I, I, uh, holler at us. Like if you, if you're, if you're interested in what we do, if you, uh, if you want to learn more about our guests, if you want to have a fun conversation about space, like we're, we're, we are obsessed. Um, we're super passionate people and we are absolutely obsessed with what we do. So, uh, don't be a stranger. Enjoy no contest. If you have feedback or want some other content, let us know and we'll make it happen. All right. Until next time. Peace. Peace. Thanks again for listening to the no contest podcast. For more information, make sure to follow us on social media or check us out at nowalls.studio.